You know what's coming, not just cold weather and shopping and caroling, but also new progressive attacks on Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Sad news, our very own beautiful 50-foot Fox News Christmas tree was destroyed. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings. The Christmas season will be canceled. It's the This is the Facts and Friends War on Christmas. Marshmallows for toasting and carols. Christmas can suck my dick. And by the way, for all you kids watching at home, Santa just is white. Welcome to this War on Christmas 2022 special edition of the Facts and Friends podcast. My name is Tino, and joining me this week is my friend and co-ho-ho-host. <laughs> most, most of you know him as Herschel Walker's now unemployed campaign manager, image coach, and werewolf handler. It's Judson. <laughs> Merry War on Christmas, Judson. So, so you're team werewolf? Or am I team werewolf? I'm confused. Well... In your job, Herschel Walker wanted to be a werewolf and not a vampire. Right, of course. So he was the werewolf you were handling. Right, okay. In terms of the Twilight question. But I thought, yeah, I, I thought you were Team Jacob. So, like, wouldn't. I've always been Team Jacob. Wouldn't you have voted for Herschel Walker who wanted to be a werewolf? No, because <laughs> he didn't look like Taylor Lautner. <laughs> oh, so if he had looked like Taylor Lautner, everything would have been fine. Dude, I'm Team <laughs> Jacob, not Team Werewolf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, sorry. I, I'm getting us off track here. No worries. Merry War on Christmas, Tino. Merry War on Christmas to you. Uh, we've been on a short hiatus since... Uh, <laughs> didn't even get past that with a straight face. Uh, since uh, Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's swollen testicles severely derailed our podcast some weeks ago. Is weeks the right word there? Well, just three score and four weeks ago. <laughs> it was a very serious issue. So, I mean... <laughs> it really was. Don't worry, when we start editing, it'll feel like we never stopped. That's the way it always feels. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now we are back for this War on Christmas 2022 special, and we plan to launch season three in January 2023. Uh, yeah, that's the plan. So, Judson, let's get into it, all right? Please. Unlike a lot of other political podcasts, we don't shy away from making predictions. <laughs> right, sure. And we're even less shy about boasting when we get them right. <laughs> but Judson, we got this one wrong last season what did we get wrong and also you mentioned abortion stay tuned because in season three of our show <laughs> uh, the catholics are going to overturn roe v Wade. Uh, wait so y you got it you got it right no because we're not in season three yet. Oh, oh i see well the prediction came true we, we we just simply dropped the ball on starting season three at the right time oh, was that what happened that's yeah you were right uh you just you didn't take account take into account all of the various things that had to go Do into. Do we even uh, want to get into Dobbs in our War on Christmas show? We don't want to be that angry. This is our 2022 War on Christmas special, <laughs> and even though it's sure. been a number of days since we last aired a new episode, <laughs> a number of days. <laughs> okay, 447 days. <laughs> Whatever. It's yeah. still days. That is a number. 447 is, in fact, a number. Okay, go on. We actually had very little choice over what this show was going to be, Judson. Why is that? Because the War on Christmas is really a, a year-round battle. And while we've been on hiatus, we have not been pulling our weight as the mindless, woke sheeple of the George Soros army that we are. Wait, wait, we haven't? I've been pulling my weight. I don't know about you. We haven't been pulling our weight on the air. On the air. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. In fact, we don't even really want to be back on the air, if we're honest. If we're honest, sure. But our COVID vaccine microchips got activated. <laughs> And they've compelled us to come back. So here we are. Yeah. Thanks, Bill Gates. So anyway, to teach us the true meaning of the war on Christmas, over the course of this episode, Lord Soros will send three ghosts of the deep state, <laughs> the ghosts of the war on Christmas past, present, and yet to come. Okay. We have no control over these ghosts, Judson. N not a bit. I, I, I definitely do not. <laughs> I'm less certain about others on the podcast. Okay. Leave the curtain. Where it is. Stop tugging at it. Don't don't touch it. I'm slapping your hand. Sorry, sorry, sorry. These ghosts are going to show us stories that we didn't cover 
because we were off the air, but we should have. Oh, okay. They're also going to show us the stories that we need to cover now. Right. And the stories that are no doubt coming down the road. More predictions, perhaps. Perhaps. And it's only through us seeing these things and covering these things that we may come to remember and cherish the true meaning of the war on Christmas. Well, I am excited to find out what that is. I'm actually a little worried about it. Because <laughs> the last time we had a ghost on this show, this happened. Vote in person if you have not already. Yeah, it's too late for mail. Do not trust it. The ghost inside me, Judson, disagrees. It is not too late for mail. <laughs> Ooh, I love cock. <laughs> Your female ghost is very effeminate. That's excellent. <laughs> so we don't want a repeat of that. We have the best ghosts. No, that's not a good ghost. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hope these uh, Soros-funded ghosts are a little bit more restrained. Vax voice message received. Judson, it's it's the ghost of war on Christmas past. It's communicating with me through my Bill Gates COVID vaccine microchip. What? But I didn't, I'm not getting one. It wants us to start atoning by covering a story we missed last year because we were off. It honestly was one of the biggest tragedies in US history. That's right. I'm, I'm talking about Pine 11. I'm sorry, what now? We were off the air last Christmas, but with us or not, the war raged on. Sad news. Our very own beautiful 50-foot Fox News Christmas tree was destroyed. <laughs> First off, I have to give credit where credit is due, Judson. I think the Daily Show coined the term Pine 11. That was not mine. Right. But it was really based on the reactions of the Fox News talking heads. Who sets a Christmas tree on fire? Who sets a Christmas well, tree Well, I mean, on it's fire? just part of the rampage. No city is safe. No person is safe. No city is safe, Tino? I guess because the Fox Christmas tree burned down last year. Doesn't that mean no city is safe? I mean, I can't speak for all cities, but... I, th I think there's quite a few of them left. I think New York City is still left. I, I mean, I think there were actually other Christmas trees in New York City still, even last year. Yeah. Even the Fox tree went back up. It's a tree that unites us, that brings us together. It's about the Christmas spirit. It is about the holiday season. Uh, it's it, about Jesus. It's about Hanukkah. It is about everything that we stand for as a country. Freedom and being able to... To worship I'm, the way I'm that sorry, you want to worship? It's about Hanukkah? I guess. The Christmas tree in front of the Fox building is about Hanukkah. Maybe because they burnt it down. You know, Hanukkah's the festival of lights and, you know, they lit the lanterns. Were so there eight trees? I thought it was just one. But there's only one candle on the first night of Hanukkah. I'm just trying to get in their heads and, and explain this to you. <laughs> You're reaching a little bit. <laughs> and I think the person that burned down the tree wasn't like a left or a right person. They were just a crazy person. That does sound familiar to me. But the funny thing about all the pearl clutching in that clip is that these are the same people who went out of their way to downplay the January 6th insurrection as like more or less a peaceful protest. Sure, right. When you peacefully break into a building and smear feces on the wall, that's what that is. Yeah, well, to be honest, Judson, I thought Fox News liked burning symbols made of wood in front of businesses and residences, so I'm not quite <laughs> sure. Only when they've got their hoods on. Okay, that's what it was. They weren't dressed for it. You got to have activity-appropriate attire. <laughs> Vax voice message received. I'm getting another message through my chip, Judson. It, it's the ghost again. Again? Yeah. I'm starting to believe that maybe you aren't getting messages and you're just talking about stuff. No comment. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> I mean, I feel like if your chip is going off, my chip should be going off, too. I don't get this. I don't know. Okay, fine, fine. What's the ghost want? You know, the ghost. It wants me to spin the... <laughs> Nazis! Not the wheel. We left that behind in season two, I thought. Uh-huh. Well, unfortunately, I've watched the news a little bit, and uh, we did not, in fact, leave the wheel of Nazis behind. Give it a spin. So far, we've only ever seen one Nazi come up on this wheel. Here we go. Oh, for fuck's sake. Not again. It's Madison Cawthorn, Judson. It's always <laughs> Madison Cawthorn. He's the only name on the wheel last time, I think. Well, <laughs> while we were away, everyone's favorite tree-abusing wheelchair Nazi had a very rapid but entertaining fall from grace. I enjoyed it. And I think, I think at least, it all started not with the allegations of sexual misconduct with women or... No. 
couldn't have because they had those when he was running the first time. He sure did. Or visits to Nazi shrines. Also first time. Yep. Or even his second grader handwriting, (laughs) I think it started here. Look at all these people. A lot of them that I, I, you know, I've looked up to through my life. I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know... then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. Uh, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. So he exposed the dark underbelly of DC life for some of his own. And I think that led them to turn on him immediately. Number one rule of the cocaine orgy is you don't talk about the cocaine orgy. Exactly. That's not how you get invited back to the good parties, Madison. Suddenly, though, all these clips of him in what I would generously describe as compromising positions. (laughs) Some more compromising than others. (laughs) For sure. But they all started, these videos and images started to surface. And um, there was a theme among most, if not all of them. I would like to see a naked body beneath my hands. Me too. I don't remember that one in particular. I, there are some others that I recall, but that that's a new one for me. Oh, we'll get to those. <laughs> that is a smartphone video of Cawthorn in a car, apparently coming on to his male friend Stafford. There's not a lot of context there, but that's what it sounds like. Well, so the coming on happens later, I thought. We are yet to come to that. Different <laughs> clip, sorry. <laughs> and there, I think, where the theme is. It really seems like his own side went after him via a campaign of gay smearing slash shaming, right? It felt very much like what happened was they had compiled their documentation his his first time around when he was running for office of all the potentially compromising scenarios that might be out there, right? Right. And then when he went off script with the cocaine orgy release of information, they just said, okay, fine. And they released their own oppo research on him and that's what we got yeah i mean there were photos of him in women's lingerie from that cruise ship there's that clip we just played he looked kind of hot in that to be honest i mean he absolutely not gonna lie smoking hot he's still a nazi but he is an attractive nazi he's a hot nazi yeah there was a not so subtle implication that he might be in a relationship with the male staffer right for whom he bought gifts remember that story he paid for lodgings they went on vacations yeah yeah so honestly i guess we should just say welcome to Madison's Gay Corner. <laughs> I don't think you would appreciate that. No, I don't think you would. But I don't think he's actually gay. That, let's talk about this next clip. <laughs> Speaking of butts, uh-huh. there is, of course, the butt naked, dry humping cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that classic, Judson? Dare I now call it a holiday classic? <laughs> I do remember that one. That's. <laughs> Can you describe it for us? He grabs his buddy and like jumps on top of him, like like grabs him and like they're on like a couch in a hotel, on, like, on a couch. And they, like, he just like starts, like, as you said, like dry humping him on the couch, and his like bare naked ass is like popping up and down. He's completely naked. Actually, I'm, I'm assuming he was dry humping his buddy. He may have been doing something else, but it was at least that much. It's an odd video. And I watched it a lot. I bet you did. Don't ask me how many times I watched it, because I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to ask. I I don't really want to know the answer to that question. Thank you. Vax voice message received. Oh, I think that was your chip, Judson. I'm not getting anything. Oh, oh, uh, you're right. I misjudged you, Tino. The ghost wants us to to cover the 2022 midterms. I was actually afraid to watch Judson. I... I'd heard there's going to be this massive red tsunami. <laughs> yeah. We begin this Sunday morning with expectations of a red wave this Tuesday. The knives are being sharpened right now for Joe Biden. Red wave rising. That is the focus of tonight's angle. You know, Democrats are going to get crushed on November 8th because a red wave is coming. How big could that looming red wave get? Let me tell you what is the storm, that red wave. I'm telling you, if there's any indication based upon what we're seeing this morning, somebody made a surfboard, said the red wave is coming. We've been hearing, is it going to be a red wave? Is is it going to be a red tsunami? I think it's going to be a red hurricane. It's, it's going to be a wave election politics. and you're going to lose the Senate. Wave. I'll bet you $1,000 right now. But they were all of them deceived. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was no red wave. In fact, we gained a Senate seat and barely lost the House. Oh, thank goodness. I can turn on the news and go back to Twitter now. <laughs> you, you might want to hold off on that second part. What? what? No, I wasn't hiding from the imaginary wet red wave. 
I, I was nervously clutching my Med Alert necklace while I watched the returns, which lasted days. Well, yeah, and, the, and as those days wore on, a lot of those red wave predicting democracy-loathing right-wing fascist assholes started dramatically changing their tunes. Uh, uh, Tino, you're you're supposed to play the clip. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm distracted by this wheel of Nazis here. Like now, Cawthorn's gone. <laughs> And I really want to know what happens if we spin it now. I mean, I don't want to derail the show, but do you mind if I spin it? It's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. It's only because it's the war on Christmas, though. Oh, my God, Judson. It's not Madison Cawthorn. It's someone new. You got to recognize the fact that this is a godless country. I hate it. It's immoral. It's wrong. It's heinous. It's evil. But this is an evil country. And this country will surprise you with how evil it is. But the point is, when you look at these things like uh, abortion, it's popular. People like abortion. Hate it, but it's true. And you can thank the Jewish media for that. Sodomy is popular. You know, being gay is popular. Being a feminist is popular. Sex out of wedlock is popular. Contraceptives are It's all popular. That's all. That's not to say it's good. That's not to say I like that. Popular means the people support it, which they do. And it sucks and it is what it is, but that's why we need uh, dictatorship. <laughs> that's unironically why we need to get rid of all that. We need to take control of the media or take control of the government and force the people to believe what we believe or force them to play by our rules and reshape the society. That is proud Nazi and Trump dinner guest Nick Fuentes. Yeah. And it's actually on topic because this was the kind of insanity kind of coming after the right. I mean, this is the extreme version of it. But it was there was all kinds of doom and gloom, right? And also, is it just me or did it kind of sound like he hates America? In oh, no, oh, no. He absolutely hates the version of America that it currently exists. That's what Make America Great Again was all about to begin with. But they did that already. Well, now it's Make America Great Again again. I, I don't know. It's always been about turning America into the version of it that they can stomach because they can't handle people of color and non-cis hetero people. They, that's not the America they like and grew up understanding and were exposed to. And if you don't want that America, you hate America. Exactly right. Well, there was a lot of doom and gloom on the right, as I said, as, as it became clear that there was no red wave. There wasn't even a red trickle. I did have sort of a schadenfreude boner like the whole week. Yeah, it was a good week. And interestingly enough, we heard surprisingly few right-wing conspiracies about voter fraud. I mean, there were a few, but not many. Yeah, yeah not many. In fact, I think all of the 2020 election deniers conceded with one notable exception. <laughs> just, just the one, yeah. Now, before we play the clip... I just ask our listeners to please set their audio device blur filter to just the <laughs> teensiest smidge of a notch before blackout drunk. <laughs> so very blurry. Because we're about to talk about Arizona's biggest loser, former gubernatorial candidate and current crazy person, <laughs> Carrie Lake. <laughs> She's just so fuzzy. <laughs> Soft focus. Arizona. America, if we do not stand up and speak up right now about the most dishonest elections in the history of Arizona, I truly fear for our future. Our sacred vote is supposed to be the great equalizer of the people. And right now, our vote has been trampled upon. So as of this past Friday, like yesterday, Judson, she filed yet another lawsuit challenging the results of her gubernatorial election. I'm honestly surprised she can find lawyers to do this. Her last lawyers are already sanctioned for the suit they filed <laughs> in the summer. The judge said that uh, they, they gave false, misleading, and unsupported, quote unquote, factual assertions. That's called uh, an oopsie when you're a lawyer. <laughs> right. Technical term. Well, we'd be remiss, Judson, if we didn't talk about your former boss and alleged <laughs> avid abortion fan and would-be werewolf. And werewolf, yeah. Herschel Walker. Now, Walker narrowly lost in the general election, and he also narrowly lost the ensuing runoff. He did. Which granted us a 51-50 majority in the Senate. Okay, Judson, I think that about does it for the midterms. Vax voice message received. Uh, ghost or whatever you are. Why do we cover the Democrats' 51-seat majority in the Senate here in the war on Christmas past? That just happened. Reverend Warnock just won. Breaking news. It's just into us from Politico. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema has announced she will be leaving the Democratic Party. 
and will register as an independent. The senator said, quote, I know some people might be a little bit surprised by this, but actually, I think it makes a lot of sense. Oh, boy. Cinema, cinema, cinema. She didn't have the spotlight for like two minutes. I'm saying good riddance. She was not a reliable vote in the Senate to begin with for the Democratic Party. No. Her and Manchin both. And that's the main reason we weren't able to do many of the things we would really have liked to have done in the last two years. I don't think this changes a whole lot no i think it's just on her it's for her it's 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 just like a calculated attempt to retain her senate seat exactly yeah it's a political move i don't know if she thinks it's going to help her in a re-election campaign she does i I think think she was going to lose the pre she was going to lose the primary uh in two years so now she avoids having to do the primary yeah so then now she'll just lose the general and make sure the Republican wins the general. So. Well, it's not clear that Schumer will even run someone against her. We'll see. It's not clear. TBD. But I think she loses the general either way. Maybe. I don't I don't think she's popular enough to swing it as an independent. They don't like her there. And this particular move, I think, will be seen for the political calculation that it is. I hope so. And she'll, she'll be even less popular than she is now, which, as we just said, it's not a lot. I mean, for the most part, Democrats didn't seem that concerned. Reactions were pretty muted. She's still caucusing with the Democrats, so they will retain their advantage in terms of like committee composition right and we'll see like i said if, if democrats will run against her in 2024 um but there was one reaction judson to put a bow on this that really stood out to me okay not every democrat is happy when democrats ditch their party so this senator said way back before they were senator it was right after lieberman lost his primary uh, he oh. left the democratic party yep. an independent here's what this senator to be said quote He's ashamed to the Democrats. I don't even know why he's running. He seems to want to get Republicans voting for him. What kind of strategy is that? And it's from the Hartford Current, 2003. Who do you think that was, Judson? So you're saying that's a current senator who said this in 2003? Yes, about Joe Lieberman. Was was it Kirsten Cinema? You're correct, Judson. <laughs> shot in the wow. dark. Absolute shot in the dark. It was Kirsten Cinema. <laughs> Oh, my, oh, my. That's not going to bite her in the ass. Not a bit. All right. Well, my microchip hasn't gone off, and I don't think yours has, so. (laughs) Not yet. So let's take a short break before the next ghost pays us a visit. Uh, We'll be right back. Meet Jesus. As a kid, he was the star of the Christmas season. But as an adult, things are just a little bit more complicated for him. Everyone thinks it's my birthday, and I've just been going along with it. But then, I'm always depressed when not even my father remembers my actual birthdays in June. Hmm, I see. Tell me more about your relationship with your father. Doctor, he's our father. And it's complicated. I mean, he did have me killed that time. I'm sorry, what? It was just for the weekend, but still, it hurt, you know? Attention shoppers, the Southgate Mall will be closing in 15 minutes. Mommy, look at Santa. Is he going to feed his reindeer? Ho, 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 ho! Merry Christmas! Ho, 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 ho! Ho, 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 ho! Ho, 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 ho! Ho, 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 ho! Merry Christmas! Ho, 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 ho! It's my holiday. I have to defend it. It was a horrific scene at our local SantaCon event where 69 attendees dressed as Santa Clauses were brutally murdered by an as-yet unidentified man. Several of the victims appear to have been crucified on crosses made from Christmas trees, while at least 13 of the Santas, and one reindeer, were sewn together in a horrific Yuletide version of the human centipede. You might say it was a human centipede of sorts. Now, let's check in on the weather this holiday with Jim. In a world where Christmas is under attack. In a world where people have forgotten the true meaning of the season. In a world where you need two weeks written notice to have your insurance company cover life-saving treatment. But even undocumented immigrants recently returned to Earth for the second coming can buy a semi-automatic rifle at Walmart. Coming this holiday. Uh, coming this Christmas season, only one man can save Christmas, and he's the reason for the gosh darn season. He's putting the Christ. Jesus Christ, I think he's dead. No, they're all dead. Back in Christmas. 
Welcome back. Thanks. And I do mean you, Judson. <laughs> and welcome back to our listeners as well. All right, Judson, while we wait for the second ghost to come and visit us, why don't we tell the folks about our new partner in the war on Christmas this year? Our new partner? Do you know who it is? In 2020, we got Melania to, to work as a double agent. <laughs> do you remember? I do remember Melania, yeah. This is an even bigger get. Who, who is it? It's Fox News. <laughs> you may be wondering, Judson, how are they our partner in the war on Christmas? I am I am wondering that, in okay. fact. <laughs> right. So they announced their tree lighting on November 21st. And I don't know if that meant they were turning on the colored lights or igniting the accelerant. But <laughs> later that night... They, they specified... It was it was a tree lighting, right? Not a another wooden object lighting. It was tree lighting, yes. Okay, just just to be clear. Okay, but later that night, Laura Ingram got super pissed off about the Biden administration being too pro Christmas. Too pro Christmas. Biden's too pro Christmas, according to Laura Ingram. Did she say why? Well, she just said that they jumped the gun on Christmas. I'm not sure quite how. Were they like, you know, doing Christmas stuff before Halloween was over? No, it was, the, I think, the same day as Fox lit its own fucking tree. <laughs> it defies explanation. Joe Biden is too pro-Christmas because they were celebrating Christmas at the same time as Fox News. Maybe the Biden administration was just ahead of them by like 10 seconds. <laughs> I think she just pissed that they got scooped. I'd say this, their thunder was stolen is what happened. What? What the fuck is that noise? I am the ghost of war on Christmas present. Oh, finally. Wait, what happened to the microchip communication? Sorry, I'm new. I'm not in the system yet. <laughs> okay, but it was easier to have the ghost talk to us through the... Enough! You have not yet completed your atonement. There are still stories you'll need to share from the present day to restore the war on Christmas to its true glory. And this requires a game. It's time to play the easiest game in podcasting. Did the right lose their shit? <laughs> oh, come on. This game is so stupid. <laughs> It's my favorite game. The answer's always the same, Judson. It's always yes. It's always, always yes. <laughs> oh, I see the topic of this week's game, Judson. And, and I think this actually might be one where the right doesn't lose their shit. I will withhold judgment. We begin tonight with the dramatic prisoner swap playing out on the world stage today. WNBA star Brittany Griner <laughs> on her way home to the U.S. tonight, freed from Russia in a prisoner swap for a Russian arms dealer convicted here in the U.S., known as the Merchant of Death. So tell me, Judson, did the right lose their shit? Of course they lost their what? shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's the game, Tino. They always lose their Would shit. Would they be happy about this American unfairly imprisoned in Russia being returned to the U.S.? No. So at this point, we can assume the obvious. The Biden administration chose Brittany Griner over Paul Whelan, the basketball player over the Marine facing 16 years. There was only room for one in the lifeboat, and the Marine got left behind. Well, why'd they make that choice? Well, you should know that Whelan is a Trump voter. And he made the mistake of saying so on social media. He's paying the price for that now. Brittany Griner is not. She's got very different politics. Brittany Griner despises the United States. She's been very vocal about that. This country is so repellent and immoral that two years ago she said, quote, I honestly feel we should not play the national anthem during our basketball season. She hates the country so much she doesn't want to hear its anthem. That's the kind of position that gets you rewarded by Joe Biden. Hate America? Perfect. We'll free the guy who sold weapons to drug cartels to get you out early. So there's that. And then there's the matter of identity, which is central to equity. Brittany Griner is not white and she's a lesbian. Now, those facts might seem irrelevant to you. We hope they do seem irrelevant because they are. Ah, uh, Tuckums. Oh, I really got that one wrong. I thought for sure. <laughs> What are your thoughts, Judson? I mean, he's full of shit. That goes without saying, right? It's Tucker. I mean, it, he's always full of shit. There are three reasons that they are not happy about this deal. One, it makes Biden look good. It does. Yep. Biden successfully negotiated a prisoner swap for a high profile, essentially political prisoner. Sure. And and that's that's a win for him. And they don't like that. It benefited a, a black LGBT woman. Also a thing they don't really care for. And three, they've made up this 
fanciful tale that somehow the Biden administration dropped the ball by not also getting this other person released, even though that wasn't possible. We tried to get him back. They've been trying. And and Russia claims that he's a spy, so they want to spy in exchange. Right. But we don't currently have any Russian spies in custody in this country. That we will admit to. That we'll admit to, at least. So <laughs> right. we, we even tried to work with Germany, who does have a Russian spy in custody, but they weren't comfortable releasing the guy who basically murdered someone in, in plain sight. And Whelan may very well be a spy. I don't know. We don't know. That's above my pay grade. But here's a funny thing about this story. If I recall it correctly, uh, the former guy was actually president when Russia arrested Whelan. And I believe, if I'm looking at my calendar here, he had over two years to secure Whelan's release if it was so fucking important. Oh, it's going to happen in two weeks, man. Just like the infrastructure bill. <laughs> right. Just like uh, healthcare. Two weeks, man. Two weeks. So if they want to blame someone, they can blame that asshole. Biden actually got a prisoner freed. And Whelan's family was very gracious in this, supporting the decision to make the trade. Because holding out for a trade that simply wasn't going to happen didn't help anyone. But you won't hear that side of the story from Fox or Newsmax or OAN. Of course not. Now you must spin the wheel of Nazis. Oh, no, 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 no. We we already did that with the other ghosts. Yes, and you will again. But it's just going to land on Nick Fuentes. It's just him and Madison Cawthorn left. There's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. Uh, nope, nope. Sorry. All right. no, uh-uh, absolutely no, not. No, 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 not no, doing no, it. no, 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 not no, 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 falls to you oh. who's he talking about judson can we go back to kanye and hitler <laughs> shit he's talking about elon musk oh no looking forward to the comments on this video <laughs> this this audio <laughs> this is this is gonna be great well why don't you walk us through it judson you're our twitter guy it's been a while since we were on the air obviously a few days i've heard kind of a lot's happened since then back in like january elon started secretly buying up Twitter stock. And he's been proclaiming himself to be sort of a, um, what's the word? Free speech absolutist. Hmm. Thinks that all speech, all speech should be allowed, except what is prohibited by- Like even like shouting fire in a crowded theater? Yes, but that's also not illegal. So Elon basically is mad. He was mad at the time uh, about two particular things. One, his- were they actually married, him and Grimes? His girlfriend, wife, whatever, uh, mother of his children, two of his children, left him for someone who was trans. Really? And any sort of attack on trans people on Twitter was deemed hate speech at the time. And therefore, lots of people were getting banned or suspended from Twitter. Uh, Jordan Peterson, Kanye. Um, J.K. Rowling, was she was she banned? I don't think she was banned that I saw. Her transgressions were a little a little less vile, I think, directly than some of those other folks. She was doing the young adult version of uh, transphobia. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So two things he was upset about. One, Grimes left him for a trans person. And two, they banned the Babylon Bee. What is that? Christian version of the onion. Oh my God. Or at least that's what it wants to be. They had exactly one joke. Some people will say they had two or three jokes, but they they had one joke and it was, everything was a variation on I identify as X. Oh, no. They've done it so many times, and they eventually the, the transphobia that they were posting got them suspended from Twitter. And so those two things really made Elon mad. For, and I'm not really sure why the second one did as much as the first, but he was super upset about all this. And so he decided back in January to start buying Twitter stock secretly. Uh, actually, potentially an illegal amount of stock before he actually disclosed the amount that he had purchased. All on under the proclamation that he was going to bring back free speech to Twitter, a thing that has no actual application to Twitter because it's not a government entity. How does buying stocks help you bring free speech to Twitter? Because of all the stock that he had, he actually was offered a position on Twitter's board. Ooh. And then apparently there's a background check involved and he said, ah, no, wait, never mind. <laughs> Five days later, he announced that he would not, in fact, be joining the Twitter board. Is apartheid part of the background check? 
<laughs> I don't know. Emerald mines? I don't know. Okay. Then he made a ridiculously stupid offer four days after that. Four days after he decided not to join the board of Twitter, he made an offer to take Twitter private, to buy it out, at $54.20 a share. It was only trading at $39 before- I bet he read the art of the deal. (laughs) (laughs) But he is a genius businessman. So he went ahead and signed a binding contract to purchase Twitter for $44 billion. And then went about securing funding for it. And and got a lot of funding for it. And then claimed that he could quintuple Twitter's revenue in six years by 2028. Wow. But also he wanted to move away from uh, from advertising revenue, which is Twitter's main source of money. So clearly he would have to fall back on, I don't know, the dark arts or something to make up the difference. Maybe J.K. Rowling could help him there. (laughs) Maybe she could. (laughs) Avada Kedavra. But wait, then the deal was on hold. Twitter has too many bots. And he said, I need to see Twitter's data. I want to see it. And then they showed him the data. And he was like, no, no, I didn't actually want to see it. I just wanted you to not make me buy this stupid company. You're going to have to sue me. And then they sued him. And long story short, he closed the deal one day before the trial in Delaware that, uh, he, that where Twitter sued him was supposed to begin at the original price and a trial that he almost certainly would have lost. So now here we are. Elon owns Twitter. Elon owns Twitter. What happened after he after he bought Twitter? Well, he said, first of all, that he was not reinstating Trump. Oh. That there would be a content moderation council that would make those decisions. Then he said, I think I think it was the bird is free or comedy is legal now on Twitter. Both both those things he said. Had comedy previously been illegal? Uh, no, it had not been. Uh, but Elon suffers from a very serious case of not being funny. So it's hard to tell if he would even notice. Uh, what really got freed the day he took over was uh, racism. Oh. The use of the N-word jumped nearly 500% the day Elon took over. And that was just Michael Richards. And that was just... <laughs> I think he had some friends along with oh, him. Oh, okay. okay. It wasn't Michael Richards, by the way. And then, again, a genius businessman move, Musk decided he was going to start selling the blue verification checkmark, except that he wasn't going to actually provide any verification. He was just going to be selling the checkmark for initially floated a figure of $20, but then Stephen King talked him down to eight. <laughs> this is all true. This is all 100% true. So he's going to sell the blue checkmark in lieu of actual verification. And so arguably the funniest thing that's happened on Twitter in easily the last couple of years was the completely predictable outcome of said monetization of the blue checkmark and abandoning all previous safeguards of identity verification. And that was the the sudden prevalence of imposter accounts. Some of the favorites would be Eli Lilly, pharmaceutical company. Oh, yes. I heard about that. Fake account claimed that uh, they were making their insulin free and their stock took such a dive that they lost it in like 12 or $13 billion in market cap. Jesus. (laughs) There were a lot of Elon himself. There There were a lot. And actually, that's... What happened, you know, comedy was legal on Twitter, but it immediately started getting people banned. Wait. So they threw the book at, at anyone impersonating anyone else, basically, but mainly people impersonating Elon. Kathy Griffin got banned. I'm not totally opposed to that, to be honest. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that. If it had been, you know, warranted for the, for what she did. It was not. None, none of it was. So Elon has massive amounts of fake accounts who have paid their $8 to spread chaos on his platform. His fans constantly screaming the N-word. And so you know what you do in that situation. You give up and walk away. (laughs) You lay off half your staff completely arbitrarily, mostly based on the raw number of lines they coded in the last like six or 12 months. (laughs) Didn't he like ask them to send them lines of code? Yeah, yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) He never was intended to read. Ever. Absolutely. And most, of, and he also laid off like entire teams of people like in charge mm. of like safety and accountability and accessibility. Other key departments that kept Twitter from being like basically 4chan. Oh, and also the communications department, as the press found out when trying to reach anyone for comment on anything. These sound like really good business decisions that Elon's making. Genius 4D chess moves right here, man. And of course, when you arbitrarily fire a bunch of people based on a metric that had no real meaning to anyone in the business, it turns out that's it's not a great idea. And he immediately had to try and rehire some of the people that they had just la- laid off. Most of them told him to go to hell, I think. Uh, there were some who were on uh, visas who really needed a job and I think took him up on the offers. But mostly they were like, nah, fuck you. I want to find something else. And then additionally, he started making statements on Twitter, basically throwing the current and recent employees under the bus and using jargon that he either did not understand or just assumed no one would challenge. 
And it turns out engineers working at a social media company are pretty good at social media. And several of them called him out on his attempt to bullshit, just bullshit the public on things going on behind the scenes. And nearly all of those people were summarily fired. So he just fired those people because he was pissed. Basically, yeah. And then after, you know, firing some people and firing a few more people, what did he do? He fired some more people. (laughs) (laughs) Did he send like an email to people saying like, you either will work 80 hours a week or you can, here's the fucking door. Yeah. Hardcore Twitter 2.0. They basically had until like the next day to sign on to like 80 hour work weeks and no breaks and sleeping at the Twitter headquarters. And it turns out most people didn't sign the thing. Didn't didn't click the button in the email. Weird. And then Twitter locked down their code base over fears of internal sabotage and made another round of layoffs, basically, with all those many of those folks who didn't sign up for hardcore Twitter 2.0. Is that when the people got locked in the building? The locked in the building was they shut the whole building down on like a Thursday. The day before, they've been saying everyone has to be in the building, like be on site in the office all the time immediately. And then the next day, they're like, actually, everyone go home. We're closing the building down till Monday. <laughs> and that's when all the layout, the final round of, well, so far round of layoffs occurred and but, but people didn't get notified they just went to log in to twitter to do work and they couldn't access the system the ghost of war on christmas present understands not being in the system i think <laughs> that's right and of course i would be remiss to not mention that he reinstated trump despite saying he was going to have some sort of you know oversight committee he put that together so quickly he did not he'd simply put up a twitter poll but twitter's riddled with bots i heard he told me that and most of them are his followers so yeah the poll was it was about the same as the georgia runoff actually i think about 51 40 it was pretty close so he reinstated trump and then it ended up reinstating almost everyone trump kanye who then got blocked again two weeks later jordan peterson roger stone nearly everyone with one one notable exception, Alex Jones. He would not reinstate Alex Jones because of his attacks on Sandy Hook parents and, of course, the real victims of Sandy Hook, the, the children. He tweeted this out. My firstborn child died in my arms. I felt his last heartbeat. I have no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain, politics, or fame. And I think that's fair. Commendable? I wouldn't say commendable. It's a mean, good position to take, I I'm guess. sad that his child died in his arms. Um... Yeah, so about that, Justine Musk, no relation anymore, she was asked, one of Elon's fans asked if his child had died due to SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, and she replied to that person to say it was a SIDS-related incident that put him on life support. He was declared brain dead, and not that it matters to anyone except me, because it was one of the most sacred and defining moments of my life, but I was the one who was holding him. But so Musk lied about... His yes. firstborn child dying in his arms? Yes. That is the takeaway from that story. Now, what are these Twitter files I've been hearing about? I can tell you the 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 real quick and dirty of those. Number one, part one, nothing burger. Part two, nothing oh, burger with cheese. I love cheese. That's it. Part one was basically about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. And turns out, really, the Biden administration wanted to block Hunter Biden dick pics from being posted on Twitter. That is the, the crux of Twitter files part one. And Twitter files part two was about internal discussions about limiting reach of offensive tweets and things like that. Really, what it comes down to is they were bending over backwards to not ban outright certain conservative accounts who were crossing the lines. That is not how the right is covering the Twitter files. You are correct. That is not how the right is covering it, but that is pretty much what you see in it. All right, Judson. Well, I'm reevaluating my relationship with Twitter. You should. Yeah, I'm still on it, but I don't feel good about it. That was never the purpose of Twitter. I guess not. I mean, for a little while there, I was using it more because it was just one car wreck after another playing out (laughs) live. (laughs) You can't look away. All right. Well, that's enough of the war on Christmas <laughs> present. I assume the ghost got sacked because he's not a, uh, he's, he's gone. Maybe he got off work. That story was long. I bored him, man. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Justin, I, my hat is off to you. You are one of the very few people that could take one of the most exciting, hilarious <laughs> dumpster fire <laughs> things that has happened in the last six weeks and put a dead person to sleep. (laughs) I mean, I'm gifted. What can I say? Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to confront our final ghost. If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. 
Make America great. Good night, Dad. It's late. We've talked about this. Look at the time. I'll hold your hands as more like my mine. husband is expecting me it's soon. Fun for dads and daughters to my spoon. father will wait, Dad. That's no, you. Honey, this could be you. Keep in mind that I'm your daughter. Papa think you just need to chill. Didn't you want to stay in Please my don't stare at my crotch. No, I don't want more scotch. Just let your dad in there. I really Took mean no. I've lost respect. That's fine. I'm already here. I'm telling it. you, it's no, no, no. You yeah. can't see these tangerine gum I'm related to you. I've masturbated to you. So frostbite or drunk, I don't hold out. I'd rather die in the cold outside. As we get ready to close out this 2022 War on Christmas Carol, we just wanted to let you all know how you can stuff our stockings this holiday season. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Family show. It's metaphorically, metaphorically. Okay. Also not a family show. That's by telling your friends about the show. Have them start with this episode. Maybe skip the Elon part. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe have them start with this show and, and, and then let them know that there's more to come in the new year. They can listen to our back catalog, pick and choose which ones you tell them to listen to. If you want to keep them as friends. <laughs> you want to keep them as friends. This whole this whole line of uh, of inquiry is probably out of the... out. The, forget it. Forget it. Yeah. yeah. Fast forward 20 seconds if you want to keep them as friends. <laughs> but that would go a long way toward helping us keep the show on the air and, and launching some of the really cool ideas and bonus content we have planned for next season and beyond. You can reach Judson, at least for now, on Twitter at where judson the fault and my arse the fault letter n my arse. and you can reach me tino on mastodon if i ever figure out how to use it <laughs> no i'm still on twitter at uncle tortilla but i am looking forward to a viable alternative i signed up for post i got a- approved into their beta but it wasn't much to do there i was briefly on hive social before the whole thing had to get shut down i have no idea what it's doing now well, Justin, while we wait for the ghost of the war on Christmas yet to come, I thought it might be useful to get a little serious and, and reflect on a very real war on Christmas. Okay. So I read this blog post by John Pavlovitz. Yeah, I know him. And you can see the whole post at his website, johnpavlovitz.com. It's called, Yes, There is a War on Christmas, and the Right is Waging It. And what he does in this essay is he makes it a pretty strong case that the war on Christmas is real and that it's not actually the ones on the secular left are the ones waging that war. Uh, it, it's the far right people. You want to read just a little bit from the essay, Judson? Uh, sure, yeah. They're the only ones warring with Christmas because they've disregarded their own story. Christmas is a child of Palestinian Jewish parents desperately fleeing politically ordered genocide. Christmas is a dark-skinned child born amid the smell of damp straw and animal dung because no human-worthy welcome could be found. Christmas is a poor, itinerant street-preaching rabbi living off the generosity of those around him. Christmas is a compassionate caregiver, feeding and clothing and healing whoever crossed his path. Christmas is a liberal activist fighting for the poor, condemning violence, shunning material wealth, and calling the world to live sacrificially for the common good. The white evangelical church in America has no use for this Christmas. In fact, worse than that, it has open contempt for it, because this Christmas is antithetical to its arrogant supremacy. This Christmas is incompatible with its rabid Christian nationalism. This Christmas is counter to its ravenous capitalism. This Christmas is resistant to its closed borders and erected walls. This Christmas will not consent to its heartlessness, its callousness, its myopic America-first hubris. He's dead on there, and, and what he's really talking about, I think, is, is the rights war on Christianity as a whole. Absolutely. I struggle with this because I even the kinder, gentler Christianity that some churches espouse, I feel like has some fatal flaws. But sure. that kinder, gentler Christianity is what they have subverted in these evangelical churches with this this uh, prosperity gospel, this the, the appeals to capitalism, and and none of the teachings of Christ, who they claim is the central figure of their religion, when in fact... It's kind of in the name. They are individually their own central figures in their religion. That's that's what's happened. Their, their selfish desires have supplanted Christ and his teachings. Hey, y'all. I'm here for the oh. ghost of the war on Christmas yet to come. Lindsay? Yeah. <laughs> You're a ghost now? When did that happen? 
No, I'm not a ghost, silly. I'm just yet to come. Oh, God. Today, at least. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, gonna, I'm pulling a Kanye on this one. I think we're going to skip this whole this whole ghost, the whole thing. <laughs> Suffice it to say, there's a lot coming in the yet to come. Oh, I sure hope so. You got a spare keep up for the ghost? I'm on my way to an orgy. Cocaine orgy, all right. Just leave, Lindsay. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, we do have so much to talk about in season three in terms of the future and what's yet to come. And we're, we're really excited to cover the Dunning-Kruger 118th Congress. Was led by a Republican yet to be named. I don't know. I don't know if ex- excited is the word for it, but there will definitely be a lot to talk about. It's going to be so entertaining. I mean, that person, the, the speaker, will probably be Kevin McCarthy, but but even that's going to be fun. Maybe, to watch. yeah, we'll see. These idiots are going to tackle all the things that they said Americans care about during the midterms, like inflation, gas prices, the economy, <laughs> the war in <laughs> Ukraine. Yeah, right. Sure. Sure they are. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is going to be two years of Hunter Biden's cock. (laughs) They're just going to ride that thing hard for as long as they're in power. Phrasing. Sorry. (laughs) But they are obsessed with this cock. They are. It's free speech to be able to see Hunter Biden's cock. That's what it is. It's not. It's not. Well, Judson, while they're doing that, we're going to be watching you and me. We're going to watch them ride Hunter Biden's cock for the next two years. Are we? Is that what we're going to (laughs) do? Judson, it's either that or the Madison Cawthorn dry humping video. <laughs> Damn it. You choose. It's like Sophie's choice, but like, what's the opposite of Sophie's choice? I don't understand. <laughs> well, that's us done with this special, Judson. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you in January with season three. Happy holidays. And if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you and to all a good. Oh my I-O. Oh my I-O. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Merry Christmas. We, in America, have some of the cleanest air and cleanest water of anybody in the world. So what we do is we're going to put from the Green New Deal millions or billions of dollars cleaning our good air up. So all of a sudden, China and India ain't put nothing in there cleaning that situation up. So all that bad air is still there. But since we don't control the air, our good air decided to float over to China, bad air. Now, I'll tell you something else I heard. I think about this, because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? Every time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, what this was interesting, though, if that is true, why are there still apes? The other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Sweet Night, or sometimes the night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people or they not. But let me tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire, do you know that? I never knew that, so I don't want to be a vampire anymore, I want to be a werewolf. Y'all have kids. Everybody have kids, I hope. You have kids that they love to watch all these shows and you have to sit there and watch them with them and stuff. And sooner or later, you get you like the shows, but they don't like them no more. And now you have to watch them by yourself and you feel like a dirty old man. Like I had to rent the neighbor's kid to go see Jungle Book like a year ago. Because my son didn't want to go with me to see Jungle Book and I don't want to look like a weird guy. This direction is about the people.